When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Dan. Welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. As you know, this is our picks edition. And then also we have a preview of the Houston Texans with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. So you're going to hear one of our Football Insider subscribers join us to pick games. And if you want to get involved with Football Insider, it's really easy. You go to cleveland.com slash browns. There's a blue banner at the top of the page. You click it. You can get signed up, get all your information, all of that stuff. And what you get is, of course, chances to be on our podcast like this. But you also get uh, access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns. You get a daily newsletter with content written by our Browns beat team that doesn't go to anyone else. It goes only to the people subscribed who get that newsletter. And then you also can get involved with our texting service where we will text you with news, analysis, updates, uh, little nuggets that we get from interviews, things like that. Uh, and of course, you can text us directly back and we text with you. Uh, and of course, opportunities for our Browns postgame show. That's exclusive to our text subscribers uh, via Zoom and opportunities to pick games and other things like that. I've gone on and on here. Just go to cleveland.com slash browns. Click the blue banner. Get your information. Get signed up. And now here's our Friday podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby. This is our picks edition of the podcast. And coming up in the second half, John McClain of the Houston Chronicle literally knows everything about the Houston Texans. He's going to be previewing the Texans game on Sunday uh, with Mary Kay and I. But first, we have to make our picks, which is becoming a more and more brutal process for all of us. So I will go through and and introduce our panel. Uh, We'll start with Ellis Williams, who is climbing the board, coming off a three and one week, six and two combined in the last two weeks. And I'll let let you do this part, Ellis. Mention how you did in your head-to-head with Doug. Well, my head-to-head with Doug, it was an obvious pick of the Raiders over the Chargers, and I am now 3-0 and on the year when going head-to-head, head-to-head with Doug. But who's counting? Who's, who's even keeping track of this stuff, right? <laughs> I think that the Chargers guy dropped the game-winning touchdown just to spite me. He Twice doesn't know <laughs> Twice in a row, third and fourth down, they dropped touchdowns to win. But, you know, I, I obviously knew that was coming, Doug. Come on. All right. Well, you heard Doug's voice, Doug Maurice, who learned last week to never trust his heart. One and three. Now 17 and 19 overall. And in third place, Ellis is 18 and 16, by the one. 18, 16 and one, by the way. Doug, 17 and 19. So last week, I tried to trust my heart. I tried to pick. 
against teams that if they lost, it would help the Browns in the playoff race. That went haywire. I actually hurt the Browns with those picks. So instead of picking with my heart this week, I just want to throw this out here right now. I have only made three picks so far. I have my Browns pick and only two others. My fourth pick is going to be a game that Ellis picks, and I'm just going to go against him. That I'm going to lead not with my heart, but with my hate. Because that has done me in my life. That has been more successful for me. So, Ellis, I'm 0-3. I'm undaunted. I'm coming for you. I'm here. Do it. (laughs) All right. Also joining us, Mary Kay Cabot, who after her hot start had another another tough week last week, 1-3, now 11-17 overall. And Mary Kay really got hurt by that Monday night game. Yes, I did. See, I, I, I got off. I got off personally going against the Jets. Uh, Mary Kay finally gets burnt uh, by going against the Jets, and I, I'm glad I avoided that one. Oh my God! Well, that one, and then the the uh, the Chiefs and the and the Panthers. I mean, how how do the Chiefs and the Panthers uh, how they how do they only beat them by two points? I mean, come on, these were no brainer picks that I'm making. Really smart, thoughtful picks, and I'm losing them. And joining us to represent our Football Insider subscribers who went 2-2 two and two last week. It was Shannon Ryder last week, 15-21 and 21 now on the season uh, with Jim Mora as his background here on our, on our Zoom call. Uh, Tyson, Tyson Daly, or those of you that maybe have listened to our post-game shows may know him more as Tyler. That's how I call him. There you him go. Thank you. Tyson Daly uh, joining us. Tyson, how are you? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me today. I feel like I'm and, nothing <laughs> <laughs> and I have to mention, uh, I still have the lead. That's all I have to say, right? Okay. Uh, I went 0-4 last week. I went 0-4 last week. I'm 19-17. and 17. I just want to say, listen, Bears, the analytics tell you. I don't understand the math behind this, but I know this. The analytics tell you when you're down 14 late in the game and you score a touchdown, you go for two. I don't know why. I'm not sure why you're supposed to do that, but that's what it says. And had they gone for two, I at least could have maybe earned a push out of that game and salvaged my season. Uh, so I, I'm just, I guess it's the bears that I'm angry at, but I'm really more angry at myself. Oh, and four. So we're trying to bounce back this week. And so we will let, uh, I mean, since Ellis had the big week last week, let's let Ellis go first here. All right. I do have to start off saying this going three and one last week. The only game I didn't get right was my mega lock push of the week. <laughs> I had Houston minus seven and they only won by two. That is not a push this week. I have no mega lock pushes. There's too many hooks and half points this week. So we're shelving that for a week, which is no fun on the side, but this first game, I'm going to go with the New York giants plus three and a half over the Philadelphia Eagles. The giants are at home. Um, I think this New York defense is uh, becoming low-key problematic. They're second in the NFL with 15 takeaways. Um, New York's past five games, two wins, three losses, have all been decided by three points or less. And unless Philly corrected a lot of problems on the offensive side of the ball over their bye week, specifically like Carson Wentz's inability to hit his receivers and his accuracy issues, um, I think this team's trending the wrong way. And like I said, the Giants have kept things close. They only beat New York by one in Philly a few weeks ago. So, though I don't like putting money on Daniel Jones, I will take the points here and have the Giants plus three and a half points over the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East showdown for what may be like first place or a share of it, just to, uh, that division keeps impressing. This stinks. 
I agree with everything Ellis just said. I also have the Giants plus three and a half because their last five games have all been decided by three points or fewer. So I don't know. I'll take the three and a half. Well, there's one that I can't disagree with you. About. <laughs> uh, I, I also took this game, um, yeah. but I, I saw Daniel Jones play and I just can't pick him. So I'm going the Eagles minus three and a half in this game. And this is more of a pick against Daniel Jones than a pick for the Eagles. Yep. I, I'm rooting for, against myself now because now I want Tyson to beat Ellis head to head. <laughs> I'm 0-1 versus Tyson, huh? <laughs> uh, all right. Who, who doesn't want to pick NFC East games? Come on. <laughs> so exciting. Okay, um, so that leaves Mary Kay. What's your first game? Oh, this one is just going to come back and bite me. I just know it. But as I mentioned, I am very skittish now because I'm something like, three and a hundred over the last three or four weeks. Uh, but I'm going to go Packers. Packers over Jacksonville by 13. Now that's, that's a lot, but it's in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers uh, has had, he's aiming it for his fourth straight game with four touchdown passes. Okay. Which means of course this week he'll have one, but uh, I just, I, I, I like his chances here going against uh, the rookie. Jake Luton, he, he passed for 300 yards last, last week, but I don't see that happening again. Okay, I have another pick, and I want to go against Ellis, but instead I'm going against Mary Kay. I liked Jake Luton. They flipped the, – uh, that game got flipped the last two minutes to me. He looked like a guy a little bit. It's weird sometimes. It's like it's this frantic search in the NFL for franchise quarterbacks, and it's like, who's this seventh-round guy who looks like a player? So I think that's a big number. I think Luton can keep them hanging around. And I think this is more like a one score game than a 13 point game. So I will take the Jaguars plus 13 and feel good about it. Uh, I, I also picked this game. Um, and uh, for this one, I picked uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I think they'll uh, make Luton look like a rookie because they'll have to score points to keep up. He'll get pressured. He'll make mistakes. Uh, just my take on the game. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure how. I didn't take this game. I'm just curious how Jacksonville's going to stop a single Green Bay possession here. Mm -hmm. so, unless he can keep up. Um, I, 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 the 13 is a big number, but it's, I don't think it's too too scary. And that was oh. against the Texans last week, Luton, and they have no pass. Well, they don't have much of a defense at all, uh, <laughs> but certainly they're they're not very good against pass. So. Okay, so I've got to get a game out here. I guess I'm the only one that hasn't made a pick yet. So I'm going to go. Uh, you know, again, I, I keep going against the Bills here, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals minus one over the Bills. It's essentially a pick em. I just really like this Cardinals team. I know they had a, a tough loss against Miami last week. That was a really fun game. That was a really fun window of games, to be honest. Uh, but the Cardinals minus one against the Bills. Really like Kyler. Uh, I, I really like where uh, I really like where that team is going. So I'm going to take that. And I'm just, I'm looking this up and I think the line moves to Arizona minus two and a half. So, you know what? I'm going to be really bold here. And instead of taking the pick I'm, I'll take that moved line. I'll take Arizona minus two and a half. Yeah. This one was interesting. Um, you know, fantasy football wise and whatnot. It, it, it sounds like a marquee matchup. I just can't really figure out the NFC versus the AFC right now. Like I, I, I just don't know how the, when you compare the two, 
conferences, which one's stronger, like the Dolphins beating the Cardinals in Arizona turns me off to taking the Cardinals again, but then there's some Bills issues that, though I like uh, their offense, uh, there's some issues there. So uh, it, it's an interesting game, and you, you really can't go wrong with Kyler Murray, but I, I just don't know how these two win that, you know, the cross-conference uh, games. It's just it's tough to get a read on those games. All right, Ellis, what's your second game? All right, I am going with, speaking of those Dolphins, they've been good to me, so I'm going to keep riding the, the Tua train, if you will. Um, but this is actually less about the Dolphins and, and Tua, though that defense is looking impressive now, and Tua had some, some stand-up plays against Kyler. Um, here's some Chargers close game stats for you. Um, Doug, the stats uh, include last week and what happened and why I just – this Chargers team just seems to be on the wrong end of these, which makes you wonder if it's coaching or what's going on. Um, they're one and three in games decided by three points or less, one and six in games decided by eight or less. And here's the crazy one. I couldn't believe this when I found it. Uh, Chargers are 0-3 when they have a 17-point lead. 0-3 when they have a 17-point lead. The rest of the NFL – 52 and four. That's just crazy. That just, that's just absolutely crazy. So for that reason, um, anything within three points in the chargers they're, they're they don't have a chance. So give me the dolphins minus two and a half at home versus the chargers. You've persuaded me. I'm taking the chargers. I was hoping you'd take that one. I was hoping you'd take that one. Double when in doubt, double down, right, Doug? They owe me. So this is it. This is my Ellis head to head lock of the week. I'll take the chargers, whatever I'm getting. 4-0 coming soon. Never lost. Well, I, I have this game, too, and I'm on Doug's side. Chargers, Chargers plus two and a half. I'm with Doug on this. This is the narrative buster right here. The Chargers are finally going to win a game that they're – I don't know if they're supposed to win, but they're going to finally you know, be able to finish a game. The Dolphins, they're due, they're due for a loss. It's going to happen eventually. I think the Chargers, even though their record stinks, they're a tough matchup. I'm taking the Chargers plus two and a half in this one, too, for no other reason than like I wrote down. It's a narrative buster. The Dolphins are due. All right, so I, I got two games out there now. Let's see. Who do we have here that needs two games still? Mary Kay, what's your second game? All right, so my next one is the Las Vegas Raiders by four over the Broncos. You know what? I like Derek Carr. I, I like him. Uh, these guys have a lot to play for. They're, they're in a playoff hunt and, uh, they are coming off of a 31, 26 victory over the chargers. Derek Carr has eight touchdowns and zero interceptions in his past eight versus Denver. It's at Vegas. Uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on Derek Carr. So I think they can do it. I, I looked at this game. I thought about it. Again, though, I just feel like the Raiders, the Raiders are due for something bad. So, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't touch it. I'm, I guess I'm just riding the wave here. There's no logic. I'm just riding the wave with these teams. Uh, let's see. Tyson, what's your next game? Uh, I took uh, the Ravens and the Patriots, two teams that I really dislike. Um, <laughs> and the line I saw was seven and a half minus for the Ravens. Is that still correct? Uh, I'm looking for it right now. Uh, we'll go with what you found. I don't see okay. it. Right okay. Me, but yeah. All right. Um, if, it, if it's lower, please let me take that. If it's higher, I'll keep, keep the seven and a half. Um, but I, I, I picked this game because I really think the Patriots offense is really in a state of look. So uh, I think, I think the Ravens will cover this minus seven and a half points. And so we'll see what happens on Sunday. 
Yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, Lamar Jackson really carried that Ravens team in the second half versus the Colts when you go back and watch some of the tape. And this Patriots team just seems like they, they I mean, they, they couldn't, they had to have a last-second field goal against the Jets. Mary mm-hmm. Kay was all about it, right? So I think that's all, <laughs> all we need to know. Okay, uh, let's see. I'll go with my third game here. Uh, I'm going to go Panthers plus five and a half over the Bucks. I think the Panthers are a tough team. And I don't know that they're going to beat the Bucs. I think the Bucs will bounce back after that disastrous performance. They just can't beat the Saints. I don't know what it is about the Saints with the Bucs. Uh, but, but the Saints have just had their number so far. I think they'll bounce back and win, but I think the Panthers are a tough team. We saw it against Kansas City. They're well coached. Uh, they, they play hard. I know there's questions about Christian McCaffrey's health again, uh, but I like the Panthers plus five and a half against the Bucs. Am I alone on that one? I, I will say this quickly. The Panthers are just this this – uh, feisty team as they showed last they almost beat the Chiefs on that that last second field goal they would have got a little closer and for that reason it just it I don't I see why you land there what they're building in Carolina is pretty exciting Teddy Bridgewater um I, did you guys see when he jumped for that like fourth and 14 <laughs> and to the air um yep. as a former Viking a part of Minnesota was going wild for that so um it's, it's been fun following the Panthers I and mean, when you get points there I, th- I think that's a good landing spot Okay, so uh, Ellis, we need a third game from you, I believe, still. All right, this one is my only one that has an option of being a push, um, though I think it's going to be a a bigger margin of victory than the one point it is. But I have the Rams minus one uh, over the Seahawks in Los Angeles. Uh, Very simply, the Seahawks gave up uh, a Pete Carroll worse, 44 points versus the Bills, uh, and the Rams are coming off a bye at home. I, I just don't think that uh, the Seahawks are two points better on a neutral field than this Rams team. Uh, so, so give me the Rams as Seattle's defense, uh, I think, will continue to, to look terrible. I have the opposite in this game. Once again, I have been burned by, by Russell a couple of times. I was going to say, you, you rust in, Russell let you down last time, Mary Kay. No, Russell let me down, but I, I, still, I still like him. And I, I go with my heart when it comes to these quarterbacks, although I do stay away from Josh Allen most of the time. I'm very skittish about picking Josh Allen. I, I don't know what it is with that. But, um, but Russ, I'm still believing in Russ. And uh, so I have the Seahawks plus one in this game, even though it's on the road. Uh, I, I, think they'll, uh, I think they'll bounce back. Go Mary Kay. Tyson, I got good news for you. Oh, uh, okay. I got Baltimore sitting here on a FanDuel Sportsbook at minus six and a half. Oh, I like that better. Thank you. <laughs> That's, a lot, yeah, that. That's a lot better. I, I, finally, <laughs> I finally found one. So we're going to give you uh, the minus six and a half there for the Baltimore awesome. Ravens uh, over the Patriots. Okay. It is time to pick the Browns. Uh, I've got the Browns right now, unless this has changed, favored by three and a half. So that's what we're going to go with against the Texans. The weather all of a sudden seems like it's going to be a factor again in this game. Uh, But we always let our Football Insider subscriber go first. So Tyson, what are you thinking? My uh, head tells me that Deshaun Watson is going to be a problem. Um, And my head tells me to pick the Texans. Um, I just can't do it. <laughs> Go ahead and pick the Browns, especially if weather is an issue, because unlike the Raiders, the Texans shouldn't be able to run on us. That was a really depressing game last week. So I'm going to go with the Browns minus three and a half, just because my heart tells me to go with the Browns minus three and a half. 
Ellis? This is tough. Um, I don't know if this will be the pick I end up submitting when we got to get those in on Friday or Saturday. Weather has a, a lot to do with this. Um, the Tennessee-Houston game, I think, is comparable to what the Browns uh, will have to do in order to be successful against the Texans, and that was a 42-36 overtime uh, thriller. Uh, but they're not going to be able to throw the ball around. It, the, Houston only rushed for like 80 yards that game, while Tennessee rushed for like 260. Uh, they're not going to be able to throw the ball around if the weather's bad. So that will have a lot to do with this pick. But for now, I'm going with the Texans – plus three and a half. Um, I'm just a little concerned about where this offense is going to find explosive plays without Odell Beckham Jr., um, both as him getting the ball and just the way he opened up uh, the offense. Um, the, the Texans uh, can be ran on, but I, I just worry about uh, that receiving cry. Kind of like I need to see it before uh, I believe it type thing. But again, the weather could change. If this becomes a, a running game, then uh, it's Duke Johnson versus Nick Chubb, and I'm going to fall on the Nick Chubb side of that in the Browns. So Pending, but for the sake of the podcast, I'll take uh, Texans plus three and a half right now. I think taking Nick Chubb over Duke Johnson is a, a safe bet. Doug, what are you thinking? So what's this weather forecast you're talking about? Is it rain? What are we Windy, talking about here? Windy, rain, gusts again. I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as it was against Las Vegas, but I think it's going to be pretty windy. So I do think in this situation, if it is that bad of weather, I think as opposed to the Raiders game, it might actually favor the Browns with if Nick Chubb is back, if Wyatt Teller is back. In our picks that we make, not against the spread, but just each week where we all pick, are the Browns going to win or not? I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I got to puff myself up when I can because I'm terrible at this otherwise. <laughs> I'm, se- I'm seven and one picking whether the Browns are going to win and lose. I'm in first place there. So, you know, it's mostly dumb luck. I think this is the best bet on the board in the NFL this weekend. This is as good as I felt about almost any Browns pick all year. I think the Browns win big. I think this is them getting healthy. I think this is them reminding people of what they can look like when they have their pieces. I think this is Deshaun Watson doing Deshaun Watson things, but the Texans not having enough around him as a full team. I think this is Kevin Stefanski catching his breath and reassessing exactly what he has and what he wants to do. I think it's Joe Woods doing the same. I think this is a must win game for the Browns in their playoff chase. I think this is a Browns show us who they are kind of game. And I think if the weather is bad, that should only help them. So I think this is a double digit Browns win and if I had any fake money to bet, I would hit this hard. I am very confident about something like a 27 to 14 if it's bad weather, maybe 34 to 24 if it's good weather, kind of very solid Browns win. I, I think this is half this is what's happened. The Bengals game was like a like a miracle. Oh, it's a miracle. Then the Raiders game was weird and they lost. Then we had a bye week. And I actually have think people have forgotten that like, this is a team filled with pretty good football players who are getting healthier. I think this is it people. I think this is, these are your Cleveland Browns kind of announcement game. And not that they stopped Deshaun Watson, but that Deshaun Watson alone isn't enough to beat them. Yeah, I'm, you know, when I look at that Raiders game, right, what was it about? The Raiders controlling possession. They, they had seven possessions, the Browns had six, and the Raiders controlled the football. And I think the Browns in bad weather can flip the script. So 
they can come into this like the, the Raiders did and say, hey, this is going to be a seven-possession game, and they're going to have the seven possessions, and they're going to make the most of it. I also think with Deshaun Watson, um, I think Miles Garrett might get, a, might get to him. I think he's gotten to him the last couple times they've played, and I think there's a chance that the way Deshaun Watson holds the ball and tries to extend plays – the Miles Garrett is going to be able to get to him and, and cause a little bit of havoc there. Maybe cause one of those turnovers. He's, he's only thrown two picks in his last five games. Uh, but I think there's going to be some sort of turnover here, the Browns force. That's going to be enough to make them be able to win this game by four points. Or more. Um, I think it's going to be a little closer than Doug thinks, but I, I don't, I don't think the Browns are going to lose this game. I'm certainly going to put, pick them to win outright, but I also think I'm going to take them. Uh, with the three and a half here. I actually had written down Texans plus three and a half over Browns, but I'm changing my mind. I was so persuasive. I pulled you onto the side. I've been thinking about it all day. And then Mary Kay and I talked to John McClain. You're going to hear that interview coming up. Doug made his impassioned speech there. Uh, Tyson also swayed me. Ellis, sorry, you didn't sway me on your pick. I think it's going to be the Browns minus three and a half. So that's what I'll say here. Uh, real, real quickly, Doug almost persuaded me. Uh, if I do change my pick Saturday morning, it will be with Doug in mind. So uh, well done there. And Dan, to your Miles Garrett point, a little uh, got to watch the tape plug and preview here. Um, the Texans right guard, PFF grade 58 overall, left guard 56 overall, right tackle 58 overall. Other than Laramie Tunsil, they are – abysmal on the offensive line. I, I think it's going to be a good afternoon for Miles Garrett. Mary Kay? First of all, I need to back up for one second onto uh, my Raiders pick uh, for all of you taking the victory lap of picking the Raiders to beat the Browns. <laughs> they dropped five passes in that game. Five passes and Miles Garrett missed most of the football game. So I believe they would have easily won that game if they hang on to those five passes and miles garrett plays the game so i'm sorry i just needed to get that out there but um, <laughs> uh you know what i'm also i'm taking the browns in this game by by the three and a half because uh, i've watched these guys in practice this week they are fired up let me tell you this is one fired up football team they all have their hair on fire i don't know what it is i've never seen them acting like this in practice before it's really weird um i've, I've got i mean miles garrett i mean he just looks like he, he's ready to run through a wall already so i think that uh deshaun watson better just watch out because miles is, is ready to go gangbusters in this game uh these guys have no david johnson He's out. So if, if it's a weather game, they're just not going to be able to hang with the Browns. I mean, you've got Nick Chubb coming back. You've got Wyatt Teller coming back. You've got Austin Hooper coming back. I mean, it's just, they're coming off of their bye week. I think that they're, they're ready to just plant their flag for the second half of the season and let it rip. Uh, I think if, Dan, oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think if, if the forecast were better, I would, that's, kind of playing into this a little bit too because I didn't really think about that with the Raiders game and I kind of regret it because I picked a really high score I think this game would resemble the Bengals game if we were in Houston or if the conditions were ideal because neither of these teams can play defense but the Browns can control the football and control the clock and I just I think that's what they're really going to try and do in this football game go go back to being the Browns that we saw uh, before Nick Chubb got hurt go ahead Ellis 
Yeah, so let the record show that Ellis is switching his Browns pick um, after that. American is one of the best in the business. Well, um, that the, that reporting detail about how the Browns are looking and behaving at practice—that's that's that's important stuff. It's not just rah rah and and fluff. That's um, that's more body language and momentum and energy. Um, and I'm, you convinced me between Doug and, and Mary Kay there, I, I'm flopping the Browns minus three and a half, let the record show. Let me say one more quick thing about this game though. I mean, like I said, and that is so true about pra- this practice week. I mean, it's, it's actually uncanny to be out there and just listen to all the chatter and, and feel the energy that they have going. But this, there's one thing that I think people overlook a lot about the Texans and even, um, you know, even, even John McClain didn't seem to think that there was much merit to it but they have lost to Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger and Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill. (laughs) It's like when you look at these rankings, the 30th ranked defense the 32nd ranked rush defense. They're playing some really, really good football teams, but I still think the Browns have this one. Mary Kay, are you trying to get me to switch my pick back? (laughs) (laughs) Don't believe anything I just said two minutes ago. (laughs) Well, let's put it this way. If we all, if we all get this pick wrong, Doug takes all the losses. I'm, I'm here for it. I stand. <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I mean, I really, you, I was looking like you're looking through the whole slate and it's like, well, I don't want to pick that game. I've lost on that team this year. I don't want to pick that game. I've lost on that team. This just feels like one of those games. And, and to Mary, Mary Kay made a very good point. I mean, Bill O'Brien got fired in part because they had such a tough schedule to start the year, but they also had like a get healthy game against Minnesota where they laid an egg, you know, they almost lost a Luton last week, man. Like they've lost to some good teams. They've yeah. also not looked great. The, the Browns are good. Like that's the thing that I think the Texans are two and six and you are what your record is. Yes. They've had a tough schedule. I just, I think, People, honestly, even the line said, I don't know. The Browns are good. And I think maybe just the way the last couple of weeks have unfolded, some people have forgotten that. I think, I just think this is a really good bet. Something else John McClain told us too. Again, I'm, we're spoiling the whole interview. But uh, <laughs> we asked him if Deshaun Watson is a guy that kind of has a chip on his shoulder. And he kind of downplayed that. And so mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I think that's something too, that like, you know, if, if this was the type of guy that's coming in, like, hey, you guys traded down and didn't pick me maybe that would influence my pick, but it doesn't seem like that's the type of, uh, the type of guy he is. All right. Uh, Tyson, we appreciate you jumping on and making our picks and I got to put you on the spot. Like I do every single one of our football insider subscribers. Why do you subscribe? Uh, to listen to Doug. No, um, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm originally from Northeastern Ohio, a huge Browns fan. It's my favorite team. Plus per my background playoffs is going to happen this year. It's just really nice to get to listen to you guys. You guys are like my movie stars as a sports fan. And uh, to get the information, uh, the emails, and the um, post-game pod, you know, and stuff. It's just, it's been the best money I've spent uh, since Verona started. So, it's good. <laughs> All right. Well, Thank that's what we like to hear. And- we really yeah. appreciate it. We really do. Thank you very much. Yeah, we oh, no problem, no problem. Certainly appreciate all, right, well, all of our subscribers. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Uh, if you want to get involved, you want to be on our pick spot sometime, you want to get in on those post-game shows, 
uh, head to cleveland.com slash Browns. Click on the blue banner up at the top of the page to get all that information and get yourselves signed up. So thank you, Ellis, Tyson, Doug, and Mary Kay. We're going to take a break. On the other side, John McClain will preview the text. And now we welcome on from the Houston Chronicle to preview the Texans, John McClain. John, how are you? Great, Dan, Mary Kay, how are y'all? We are doing great. It's, it's so great to have you. With Thank us. you. Yeah, we're, we're very honored. Uh, hey, John, we're, we're curious here about this two and six Texans team. Uh, you know, they've played so many good opponents. Uh, is it hard to get a handle on this team? Are they better than that two and six record? No, they're not. Uh, they've been terrible. They've got one good thing going to Sean Watson. He's played great. I just wrote a column for tomorrow. His streak of seven consecutive games with a rating of at least 109 is seriously in jeopardy because of the conditions I see that I just look could be Gus up to 40. I know what it was like your last home game when they were up to 35 and Texans have no running game. They have no run defense. They can't stop the pass. The only thing they can do is pass. And uh, boy, right now, based on what the forecast is, and I've been coming here since 77, so I know it could change. But based on what it is here today, it does not look conducive for passing games. Now, Deshaun Watson is always going to be tied to the Browns, at least a little bit, because they were the team that traded that pick that allowed the Texans to, to take him. Um, how is he playing this year compared to what he, he did in his first three years in the league and, and now that he has that extension? Their first three games, they played at Kansas City, Baltimore, and at Pittsburgh. No team played a schedule, anything close to that in the first three games. And they've since played Green Bay and Tennessee. If they hadn't played Jacksonville twice, uh, they, would, they wouldn't have won a game. But Watson, starting with Pittsburgh, uh, so for the last five games, let's see, five, six, seven, Last six games, he's averaged 308 yards. He's had a rating of at least 109. He has 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. He started running more than he had early in the season. He had 10 runs for 50 yards, not by design, but by desperation against the Jaguars because they can't run the ball. David Johnson, their starting backs out. Duke Johnson, who you guys know very well. Duke will start, get the bulk of the action in the backfield. He's fired up about it, coming back to Cleveland. And, and we asked Watson about his visit there. And he said, well, he remembered it was cold, but it was a great visit. He went to the stadium. He said he, he enjoyed meeting Hugh Jackson and other people. And he said, that was one place I thought I was going to be. And then, of course, uh, they made that trade, Sashi Brown with Rick Smith. And that's the best trade in, in uh, Texans history. It's not as great as the best one in Oilers history, which was trading up in 1978, getting the first pick they used on Hall of Fame running back Earl Campbell. Mm -hmm. uh, so do you think that, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, much like Ben Roethlisberger had in a lot of those years, uh, that chip on his shoulder for the Browns having passed on him, and he was able to get his game face on that way uh, for a lot of those years. Does Deshaun Watson still have some of that, that they blatantly just traded away from him there? No, he does not, Mary Kay. You know, he, he, uh, he's not, that's not his personality. You know, he was coming off that national championship victory for Clemson over Alabama. He didn't know where he's going to go. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but he took a lot of visits, including to Houston. And he liked, he's the kind of guy that likes everybody in every place. 
knowing he came from the South, I'm sure he liked staying in warm weather, but he's the kind of guy who would have been happy anywhere. He's been, he's great to deal with. Everybody likes him. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's a first class kid on and off the field. His mama raised him right. Had the Browns got him, they'd be so happy with him. And the Texans are so happy with him. I was asked on a show last week if there had been any buyer's remorse for paying Watson what they paid him. And I wanted to say to the guy, haven't you paid attention? But I didn't want to insult him on his own show. So I said, uh, no, there's no buyer's remorse. And, you know, I'll tell you something's interesting, right? This time last year, Texans were 5-3 and three on their way to a 10-6 record and AFC South title for the fourth time in five years, the Browns were two and six on their way to six and 10. And now it's been totally reversed. And the only thing the Texans have going for them is Deshaun Watson. You guys will see that on Sunday. I tell people, if the Browns don't rush for 200 yards, and I don't care what the conditions are, I'll be amazed. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to bring up that defense because I specifically remember watching you uh, tweet through that Titans-Texans matchup a few weeks ago. And it, well, it thank was you. Just, <laughs> it was just clear that uh, you knew it, and the Titans, I think, knew it, that the Texans were not going to be able to stop them. Um, is, is there any hope with that defense that they can get off the field enough possessions to make Sunday interesting, or, or is it just is it going to have to be a shootout? Well, I, I, I doubt it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be more like the Raider game. Right. Based on what we what we think the early forecast is. But Texans defense, it's interesting. Two years ago, 2018, they won nine in a row after no three start, finished 11 and five. They were third in the NFL, giving up 82 yards a game rushing. Then last season, first nine games, they gave up 84 yards a game rushing. Since then, the last nine games last year, through the first eight games this year, they're giving up 169. Their run defense is terrible. People say, well, they let DJ Reader go. I said DJ Reader was here when they were awful over the last nine games last year, counting two in the playoffs. So this year, a problem they have is some of their best players who played really well in recent years, like inside linebacker Zach Cunningham, safety Justin Reed, outside linebacker Whitney Merciless, those guys – have been very inconsistent. The tackling's been poor. Now, the last two games, they haven't given up a 100-yard rusher, even though James Robinson the Jaguars got 99. They still gave up 115, which is a great run defense for them. And I don't know how they could possibly stop Chubb and Hunt coming back in a game where you're going to run the ball a lot. I just don't see it. Now, if you run it in four or five yards at a time, you get a lot of first downs. That's going to keep the game close. They haven't given up a lot of long runs. People just pound it and pound it. And in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, they pound it even more. Yeah, well, you can expect a whole lot of that this game. I've been out uh, watching practice this week. Just uh, even in that first 15 minutes, you can see uh, that Nick Chubb looks pretty good. He got the uh, brace. He did not practice with his brace today. Uh, he looks, you would never look out there and think that he has missed the last uh, six weeks with a sprained knee. So, uh, so I think that the, uh, the Texans are probably in for it on, on run defense, but I want to know a little bit about, um, JJ Watt and, and is there anything that he can do, uh, this game to try to disrupt, uh, Baker Mayfield, get him off of his mark a little bit and, and, and maybe kind of rattle him. 
Watt has been the Texans' best defensive player. He's been the most consistent defensive player, as he always is. Now, one thing that hurts him and Miles Garrett, they don't call Oling anymore. You know, every pass rusher is the victim of this new strategy in the NFL to not call as many holdings. Mm-hmm. So he'll get doubled. He'll get double teamed. Jack Conklin, he's very familiar with from playing against him in Tennessee, will be the primary blocker. Sometimes JJ moves inside. Sometimes he moves to the other side. Not very much. They don't have. They're missing Charles Amenehu, a backup in, who's got a couple of sacks. But uh, by and large, it, it doesn't matter whether the Browns run or pass. They can't stop the pass either. And uh, this defense has just deteriorated. And I'm stunned. Anthony Weaver, you know, coached there the last two years before he came here in 2016, and he was promoted to coordinator. We thought Anthony did a great job, and I don't think it's fair to judge him this season based on the talent, the missed tackles, players out of position. They tell him over and over, Romeo's there. You know, Romeo's one of the all-time great defensive coaches. And they tell these guys, and they're still making mental and physical errors as well. So I don't think there's anything I could see this defense do that could slow the Browns. Only thing could slow the Browns if they turn it over or the weather is just so bad, it makes them as miserable as the Texans. (laughs) So Texans, obviously long-term, they're going through a transition here. Um, Unfortunately, they don't have their picks. I believe they don't have their first or their second round pick this coming draft. What, what is the long-term outlook for this franchise right now? Uh, they don't. only thing they need on offense, they need a new running back, and they need a right guard. The offense is really good. They need a lot of players on defense. They have eight draft choices starting in third round. They're projected to be $15 million over uh, a $175 million cap. We don't know if it'll be more than that. It could be. It won't be less. But new GM's going to come in here and whittle. They'll be able to re-sign Will Fuller. They'll be able to sign a couple of free agents, but uh, and it, as far as a GM, I've had so many that GMs or their agents contacting me to see what's the best chance to get to who they should contact with the Texans because they got really good ownership here. They spend a lot of money. They've, they've been very patient with people. They let them make the tough decisions. You know, Cal McNair is the owner now. I'm pretty sure he probably didn't want to trade DeAndre Hopkins, but he doesn't interfere. He lets them make the decisions they're paid to do, and if it doesn't work, they get fired. So I would think that uh, the Texans with Sean Watson, two good offensive tackles, a lot of receivers and tight ends, that this would be an attractive job because of the ownership. You know, Houston's a good city. So I think they'll be – the key is to hire the right guy. You know, the Browns have gone through so many. Nobody knows more than the Browns do. It got to hire the right guy, and that's what they got to do here. And uh, and so if they fail, it won't be because they didn't interview a lot of people. It'll be because they just didn't make the right decision. Now, if you were hiring the next coach, <clears throat> can you give me three of your top candidates, guys, that you would hire to coach this football team? Uh, I'll give you guys three, yes. I believe they'll ultimately end up hiring a guy with an offensive background like Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. or Arthur Smith to the Titans. He's been there 10 years in these last two years. He's really stepped up. I do two talk shows a week in Nashville. I have for 23 years, and people there really like him and think he's ready. I think uh, that's somebody they ought to interview. Another guy that, that 
we're familiar with in Houston because the Texans have to play them twice a year. Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator for the Colts, mm-hmm. his defense is great right now. Their offense is not, but his defense is. He's been talked about as a head coaching prospect the last couple of years. I think this is the year Matt's going to get one. Robert Sala from the 49ers defensive coordinator began his career here with Jerry Kubiak. He's probably going to get an interview, maybe Wink Martindale. But I do think ultimately it will be an offensive coach. And say Atlanta and Houston are the two best opportunities because of ownership. They got quarterbacks. Matt Ryan, I think, will be 35 or 36. Watson's just turned 25. I think that would make them preferable. So if, say, Eric Bieniemy had a choice to go either place and take that quarterback, I'm pretty sure he'd rather work with Watson. So Bieniemy's at the top of everyone's list, even though he's interviewed five or six times and hadn't gotten a job. I'd like to know why that is. But I'm pretty sure he'll be at the top of their list. Mm-hmm. All right, I think I know how this is going to turn out. But uh, <laughs> what is your pick for Sunday's game? Well, you already know, Dan, how it's going to turn out. Now, I made my pick in the Chronicle before I saw the weather – prediction today so yesterday I picked uh I think the Browns 31 to 20 and today if I'm doing it right now for you guys I'm gonna think it's gonna be like the game you had in your last home game with the Raiders so I'm gonna pick the Browns 20 to 13. Okay John McClain of the Houston Chronicle Uh, I don't think anyone knows more about the Houston Texans than him so we appreciate you uh joining us to to tell us everything we need to know about Houston. Guys, it's my pleasure. I appreciate it. I look forward to coming up to the stadium Sunday and seeing all my friends in the, in the Cleveland media. I told, I've told talk shows up there that I don't feel sorry for the Browns. You know, they've had so many players, coaches, GMs, owners come and go. But what, to think that the last winning season, Romeo was the coach, I feel bad for my friends in the media who have to cover that. And if they actually get in the playoffs this year, I'll be so happy to get to cover a winner again. I was at that playoff game in Pittsburgh, and I know how close it was and everything, and and uh, I'd be so happy for the fans and the media. Well, you're so nice to say that, and and we are so honored to have you today, and I can't wait to see you on Sunday. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys.